Hello, welcome everybody to episode 22 of 90s Court. I am your technically impaired co-host Lisa Monahan, and on the line we have And I am your I am your tech savvy <laughs> gentleman of the of the West. Andrew Claude Filter. We were just talking about the technical difficulties that we had on the Y2 Court episode, what and you? then I closed out. Ay, 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 ay. Like, and okay, I'm not, yeah, and she's not kidding when we, okay, so this is weird because nobody could hear any of this. So they're like, oh, cool, you're talking about a thing we didn't hear. But, um, but yeah, so we were discussing um, our recent Patreon exclusive episode, and in doing so, while we were talking about how the fact that we had to re record like a 30 minute segment, then Lisa clicked. The ex, she's like, I don't need this thing that makes it so we record each other. <laughs> I'm like, just, I don't need that. You know what? And here I am drinking my second coffee. There's no excuse. I'm I'm perfectly <laughs> caffeinated. I'm just uh, it's just Sunday. I'm 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 terrible like Sunday morning over here. So that's how it goes. That's why right? I'm terrible. Terrible like Sunday. I'm morning. the worst like Sunday morning. <laughs> um, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, yeah. We were catching up on our week, and just to quick recap, we we're saying this is the third episode. In one seven-day window that we, we have recorded, just gone full ham sandwich for y'all. Now, technically, it wouldn't be that, except that it just happens to be that we recorded on Sunday night last week, and we're recording Sunday afternoon this week. So it is mm-hmm. still within one calendar week. Hello, and I think pl- it's mainly the fact that that Thursday episode was so freaking good. Like that after this like baller episode, then they're like, "Hey, by the way, you've got to make more content in three days," <laughs> and we're like, "God damn it!" Fuck. I know, I know. The you guys. The Y2 Court episode, which, if you recall, is available only to um, bailiff and higher supporters of our show on Patreon.com slash 90s Court. We, Andy and I, both agree that that episode, he thinks it's the best. I think it's one of the best that we've ever recorded. I think it's the funny, like, it had some of the funniest content, like, pretty, it was the most consistently funny episode. Like, and I think I really appreciate that because, like, We've had a few episodes lately where I'm just kind of like, oh, I mean, it's good. But, like, it wasn't yeah. – it haven't been as funny. So, like, I, I really appreciated just getting back to the nuts and bolts. I think part of it was that I kind of, like, you know, as we discussed when we first started that, I took my pants off, <laughs> threw on some uh, secondary party pants for our uh, for our uh, stripped-down, close and intimate uh, episode of Y2 Court for everybody. And It's true. And guys, I decided that, maybe tonight I'm going to do the same thing. So uh, if you all are wondering what I'm wearing, uh, I'm wearing some pajama pants that say Merry Christmas all and, over And I'm them. wearing and my red plaid flannel, little French terry technically, Christmas dress that I made. Lisa, I made this shit. Um, and she I'm, looks like a gift I do. for the brawny man. For the brawny man. Um, <laughs> you guys, if you if you have not considered supporting the show go to patreon.com slash 90s court i highly yeah. recommend it not just because we love you but because the episodes that we're releasing there are awesome and the, the court yeah. case we did there was aqua Teen hunger force versus futurama and guys it was mm. so much fun and like the things that we talked about in front of that like our yeah. things were Those, awesome oh uh, yeah so we and i will say just this is a I won't give a spoiler on my thing. We did a couple things. Like one of them Lisa did was a game and it was Oh, the game was so fun. So good. And then yeah, and then I had a specific invention from the year 2000 that just that whole like bag of bag of beans that we threw out on the ground and just to see what came out. Magic bag of beans. This is a bad this is a bad metaphor, but we threw a magic bag of beans out and they sprouted into various different things and uh and it was just hilarity ensued. There it is. Well, so if you if you haven't 
checked out the Patreon for our show, patreon.com slash 90s court. You've yeah. got two episodes. I guess everyone got the first episode of YT Court, but the first exclusive one is available only through Patreon. And again, bailiff and hire. Uh, and there's some yeah. super cool. It's not just getting access to the show. If The more you support, the more you get things like the ability mm-hmm. to um, tell us what kind of show we want to do. So like tell us, you mm. know, you can create a court case and we do it. And then the higher you go, you can even be a damn co-host on the show for an episode. Yeah. Not to and go not through to all this on the gang, front end, but like it's so rad. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention, gang, just as a, a, a breaking news, we did just lower the rates for the, t- for the top two tiers. Um, so the getting's good, folks. More affordable in 2020. For literally $20, for $20 a month, you can just be on an episode of 90s Court. It's fucking wild. 25, I'm sorry. $25 a month, you can be on an episode of 90s Court. Mm -hmm. It's pretty bonkers. And also get to basically write and hire up, you know, get a determined court case for an episode. So, but yeah, we understand it's a big ask. And I, and I, I just wanted to like say that we like to joke around and make jokes about it, but like, so the fact that people are subscribing, there are people that are listening and everything like that is super awesome. And uh, and of course, we'll shout out a couple more of our uh, of our benevolent bailiffs at the end of this episode too. There it is. Well, um, I am itching to talk about some stuff, so I want to hear your literally thing. itching. I'm so itching. I'm so I've got hives. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my! That was like some cream being put on a, a oh, during the I mean, itching well, session. I'm sure there was. Some kind of cream. Okay. Mm. All right. Go ahead. What's your thing, Angie? <laughs> Shit. Um, okay. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> guys. What up, So dude? you know how I like to talk about games sometimes? Ooh. Here's – how about – let's take you back to, oh, let's say eh, middle school, grade school, what have you. You know, there's not a whole lot of games loaded up on those motherfucking computers, but, like – they randomly just decide, like, hey, for some reason, like, the computers at school are loaded up with a few games. I'm not talking Oregon Trail, because I'm pretty sure that came out in the 80s. Wish I could, but that was a fucking golden game. Mm-hmm, There's another game that wasn't, I mean, it was, like, a little bit critical thinking, a little bit problem solving, um, and a little bit of just, like, a dose of, like, what all kids need, which is just mass suicide. And what? I think that's... What? Just, you know how, like, when you're a kid and you're like, what what's life all about and everything like they're like well it's nothing you just like it's meaningless and there's just you're going to play a game where you can either prevent or intentionally make a group of beings commit mass suicide um what the hell game are you talking wait listen lisa don't don't guess don't you guess i'm not gonna guess okay good um so back in uh 1991 Um, a video game was developed a puzzle platformer um, Mm -hmm. that was basically discovered I guess they were playing uh, they were experimenting with deluxe paint and they just made a few simple animations and somebody was dicking around and were like oh we should make this into a game and uh, and so they decided like what if we have this game where we anthropomorphize a bunch of small rodents Um, now you might be wondering are there small rodents? Yes, they are. Like when you actually type in the name of this thing. But anyways, okay. so in 1981, the game Lemmings was created and released on pretty much every system imaginable. I don't know Mainly computer. You've never heard of Lemmings. I don't think so. I, I, I The only games I remember from school on like regular computers was like Number Munchers. So you're was, not even familiar it. with Lemmings? 
I mean, I'm familiar what? with the, the the what they are, but not the okay. game. Yes, yes, yes. You're so not familiar go, with the game? No, not the game. So this is going to okay. be all new content for me. Let's do this. Okay, hey, new content. Surprise, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> so apparently Amiga was a thing. Again, I think like Amiga was like a computer type, like it was like a platform, but it was like a computer just for games. But basically like it was for like a lot of things like MS-DOS. Um, some different uh, people came out with it like Sega, Atari, like some other places. But like the big one that I recall was from computer games. And so essentially the entire premise of this game is that there are there's a whole fucking crew of these small anthropomorphized lemmings, which are kind of like little rodents. Um, and the objective of the game is to get them from one point to another, um, using only the eight skills that they possess. And so, um, but basically the problem is, is that I guess to start out with what the issue is, is like, why don't they just make it safely? Like, they're not just going to just jump off cliff, are they? Well, they are. Um, (laughs) they'll also just run into like assorted buzz saws, things like that, you know, just... Just all kinds of normal stuff that lemmings deal with on a day-to-day basis, like buzz saws and, and giant cliffs and things like that. Um, and let's face it, like a lot of the times this game was mainly there for you to have them build like a really, really, really high staircase and then just fucking plummet to their doom and splat on the ground. Um, because the, the reason that this is a thing, um, why they decided on lemmings, was that there's a, an old wife's tale or an old myth for some reason that exists and how did i find out about this oh i searched um do lem do l-a-m-m and it just auto completed it on google for me do lemmings actually commit mass suicide oh my god <laughs> it says i searched this up on britannica of course but there's one myth that is held tenaciously every few years herds of lemmings commit mass suicide by jumping off seaside cliffs Instinct, it is said, drives them to kill themselves whenever their population becomes unsustainably large. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? They they don't. That's the myth. Oh, oh. They don't commit suicide. However, this particular myth is based on some actual lemming behaviors. When the population booms every three or four years, a concentration of them becomes too high, and so a large group will then set out on a march in search of a new home. So oftentimes, lemmings can swim, so if they reach a water obstacle, such as a lake or river, uh, they might try and cross it, and some of them will drown or whatever. But basically, it's the way that they mass migrate. I guess a lot of them end up dying, and so everybody's like, look, they're just killing themselves. Um, so anyway, so that's that's uh, kind of the premise, I guess, of the reason that they, they thought of lemmings, of all things. But this was a super fun game and a super hard puzzle game. Like, early on, the levels are pretty easy. Like, you start in this doorway, and then you walk, and then there's, like you know, some blocks that you have to get over. And then, like, it'll always be, like, as you're building the staircase, if the staircase gets too high, like, while the one guy's, when the one lemming is building it, um, other people will be going up, and they'll be splatting down. And so you'll have to, like, hit them with parachutes or put a blocker, like, because there'll be different things that people can do. So one of them is there's the parachute, which is basically where if they're coming from a high distance, they go like this and, like, kind of sail safely to the ground. There's staircases... Let's see, I'll go through the whole list of, of yeah. things that different things can do. Um, floaters use a parachute to fall safely from heights. Bombers explode after a five-second timer. So, Okay. Generally speaking, this is um, for A, blowing up like surfaces that they need to get through, or B, if you built a, a fucking staircase and you were like, oh, this staircase is not helping me at all. It led didn't lead to the place I needed it to lead. 
and you need to destroy it so Lemmings stop going up that fucking staircase. Okay. Like, then you basically are like, you, I need you to suicide bomb the staircase. <laughs> so people, like, literally, it just all of a sudden, like, it's like five, four, three, two, one, and one of the Lemmings explodes and destroys it. Um, just suicide bomb this. Just go ahead and 9-11 yeah. that wall for me, please. Yeah, it's just, like, oh God. God. Sorry. That was, <laughs> ten, that was ten, 10 years away, but they the the, the stage was They set. were thinking ahead, um, yeah. Yeah, blockers, as I mentioned, they'll stand still like this and hold their hands out basically to prevent them from, like, let's say they're, like, naturally, after they go down a staircase, they'd be going towards a cliff, but they need to go that way. Mm -hmm. So a guy will stand there and hold and block them so that they'll go the right direction. Um, Let's see. Builders build a staircase, and there's bashers, miners, and diggers. So they will either dig horizontally diagonally downwards or straight up and down respectively through various things that can be dug through. So basically it's this large puzzle game where you'll have like, you know, t like sometimes it'll be like 30 lemmings, like just this ridiculous amount of dudes that you've got to like pilot from one place to the other. And obviously the level is designed to kill them. Like, and so you have to do some mad stuff to do it. And, and again, like I said, the other hazards come in just the fact that like, if you don't, properly negotiate like a staircase when you're doing it they mm -hmm. can end up you know killing themselves because you didn't properly prepare um and i did prep for this show by downloading yes. an app on my phone which was a obviously like one of the the pay pays you go things or whatever what's the what are those things called the, um, the apps pay for play pay no no i mean that's it's fine whatever it is yeah we have to like pay of. like I'm gonna get more special sauce or whatever the fuck. Oh, like <laughs> in-app game purchases or something. Yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, uh, so I bought one of those. I got that game well, free for to free. Play. I was playing it. Yeah, yeah. and and um, and yeah, there was a few like upgrades you could buy, but it was pretty fun. It was it was uh it was a little bit more basic than the original game, but like obviously the levels were a lot cooler and the graphics were better. Um, but no, this was just a dope game. I don't know why like they decided. In school, at least when I was in school, that this was a cool game to have on all computers. Um, but this was one that was like, like I said, it's not a classic learning game in the sense that it's like, you solved a math. You did a math. Like, you but did it a is math. really good. You did a math. <laughs> but it is super cool, like, problem solving because, like, you know, especially, like, figuring out the exact distance you're going to need to get the staircase to hit, like, a surface. Because, like, God forbid, like, I mean, the amount of times that I would freaking build a staircase and it would, like hit like just before the lip of a thing I needed to get to and be like, mm -hmm. fuck, and I have to start all over again and stuff. But um, no, this is a dope game. It was a, it was a good way. Again, like I said, early on, um, like as a kid, like when you're just dicking around, especially you're like in computer class and just sitting there and you're like, I just like my buddies are around, like let's, let's fucking kill these lemmings. So like we would just figure out the coolest and most interesting ways to just mass suicide, murder all of the lemmings. So I, yeah, I did not, I have no recollection of this game as a game that we played in school. I know that at least a decent handful of people that I grew up with in my hometown of Texas, like in uh, my hometown of Texas, mm -hmm. uh, my hometown in Texas, um, listen to the show. I wonder if you grew up with me or grew up anywhere in Texas and you played Lemmings on your computer growing up in school. Let us know, because I actually really yeah. want to know. I'd be very curious to know if it was just like sure. me just being like, no, nah, no, nah, bitch. I just want to do number munchers all day. Number the hell with your way more days. advanced video game. Um, that's very Did interesting. Did you guys ever have, can I ask you a random question? Sure. Are you familiar with Turbo Tom? Uh, no. Math facts, Turbo Math facts or whatever? I don't There's think this so. Fucking, 
there's this fucking game like when I was a kid. It was like it was the dumbest game ever, but it was like you just had like solve these math equations and based on like how you did on them, like you got a certain amount of money, and at the end you had to buy like cars. And of course, there's like the super dope car, and then there's the lesser car, and then the super lesser car, and you had to spend your money to basically get the best cars possible to race against Turbo Tom. <laughs> Oh, Which is no. such a good name in retrospect. Uh, it was just uh, sorry that was like one of the iconic learning games that like I'm like I'm pretty sure this was a local thing that we just happened to have in our school system because it was janky as all hell. But um, well, but, yeah. janky game learning is a good learning game. games were always fun. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, very. Fun. I always appreciate the old learning games, but that's it. That's it for Lemming. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I looked up a picture of it and have no recollection. So Texas friends, come at me with your Lemmings knowledge because I am very curious to know that they're little dudes with green hair. Um. Well, I want to go look it up more after this is over, but you... Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Good. I'm so excited to talk about my thing. Oh. I'm so excited. Okay, are you ready? Something I've never heard of, too. That's Probably okay. Probably something you've never heard of, but uh, but Good. you but you will know about it. And if you have heard about it, I really hope that you have. So um, <sighs> I have debated bringing this up as a potential for a court case, but I don't think that we're ever going to have two 90s documentaries up against each other. Something okay. tells me... Documentaries may not be the best. In my fit. wheelhouse as yeah. a child, no. I just, yeah. So, um, you either are super into documentaries or you're not at all. And even if you are, there are not a ton of documentaries that are unforgettable. Okay, and I am bringing to you, in my opinion, one of the most unforgettable documentaries of all time. And Andy, the name of this documentary is called "Hands on a Hard Body." Okay. Yeah. Take a moment. <laughs> let it sink in, okay? This is not what you think it is. Oh, no. Hands on a hard body. A hard body is another name for a truck. Okay. Okay. And this documentary was made in 1997. It was directed by S.R. Bindler. And this documentary basically documents an annual endurance competition that's held in Longview, Texas, which is about 125 miles east of sure. Dallas in East Texas. Um so this whole thing in this competition has 24 contestants compete. And the whole point is to see who can keep their hand on this Nissan truck the longest. Okay. What the fuck? I know. I know. I know. I know, Andy. I know. Did they um, win the truck? You win the truck. You win a brand new truck. Whoever okay. leaves their hand on the truck the can longest. Can I tell you something? Yes. I am familiar with this general concept because I remember... Like, at least in different shows, they would kind of make reference to, like, oh, you got to keep your hand on the so-and-so the longest, like, whether it be a car uh, or a truck or whatever. So, I've, at least I'd, I've heard of references to this, probably. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so this is, so there's a documentary about this, and it's, it's, it's the, I told Jack, it's like eating a truffle of Texas in the 90s, because you just, it's so dense and perfectly, like, sweet and weird and chocolatey and nutty, and it's just the best, because it's, it features these, these, these contestants from East Texas <laughs> with the most insane personalities, and it's in the mid, this was on, this documents the 95 endurance competition, okay, mm -hmm. so it's 95 in Longview, Texas, it's perfect, okay. So whomever um, endures the longest without leaning on the truck or squatting wins the truck, okay? So every hour, you get a five-minute break, and then every six hours, you get a 15-minute break. And the contest is held by Jack Long Nissan out in Longview, and the participants' names are randomly drawn. So you enter in, and you can only participate if your name is drawn, okay? And so in this documentary, they're following the 95 competition, which lasted a crazy 77 continuous hours. 
77 oh hours. Oh, my God. That yeah. is that's Three so and a half long. Days. Mm-hmm. Now the intestines, uh, excuse me, the contestants uh, follow. Oh, excuse me, include Benny Perkins, who's your typical Texan man with a big black cowboy hat. I'm he's, Benny he has Perkins. A, he's uh, he's hilarious because he's like reserved yet confident because he won the contest the previous year and his name has been redrawn and he's competing for the second year in a well, row. Fuck that guy. All right. So, but it's, Fuck that guy. That's Why is that the fucking rules? Fuck that it's shit. It's, it's just up to chance, right? It's just up I to give chance. up. This fucking documentary sucks. I quit. No, 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 no. Don't give up because it's I'm out. so- Oh, it's too late. So... I'm already. I've already left. Well, I'm going to continue talking about it even if okay. you give up because it's Sorry, documentary fucking rules. Okay, so he's there <laughs> and and he's just and like because he's won, he's kind of got this like like almost like Native American like uh, you know like wisdom about him and he's just like spouting all this you know nonsense about like um, you know this all these deep metaphorical. <laughs> everything about it so like i wrote down one thing he said don't they don't they realize that we're suffering that we're hurting we we all get a little bloodthirsty this is more than just a contest and it's just it's just the best it's just a fucking nissan truck in 1995 but it's just the best okay and so there's there's a chick named like kelly she's one of the contestants she just doesn't have a lot of money she's hoping for you know a big break to get a free truck there's a guy named greg cox who shows up and i never caught until this episode that while they're showing footage of him setting up he's setting up a blow-up shower for himself (laughs) so he can go take a shower between breaks it's so good i mean that's smart that's smart that i'm with that guy that's a good call so smart and then there's a chick named norma valverde uh and she is this hilariously crazy religious woman who's like what'd she say she said god sent her to compete because god wants her to win this truck so good no Um, follow-up on why that is just he did it just god's like you've been talking to me it's time for me to win this truck so the thing the thing that was super funny to me throughout this documentary is that in those 15 minute breaks they cut to footage of the people the contestants breaking and it's honestly like watching um, a boxer in a ring in between like matches, mm-hmm. you know, people are like squirting their faces with water and like rub massaging their feet and, you know, <laughs> things like this. And it is just hilarious. Like, and, and um, they're just slamming food. And some of the people who are being interviewed for the documentary who are not contestants are, you know, making commentary. Like one guy noted that one of the contestants is not wearing tennis shoes, but showed up in cowboy boots. And instead of bringing like a fold away chair to sit in, he's just laying on the concrete. <laughs> And it's Texas. It's hot. Mistakes were made. So so bad mistakes. So this goes on for seventy seven hours, and at the end, it's the 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 guy who won last year just gives up at some point. He's out, and then it's down to this guy named Larry and Norma. Norma is the religious woman. Okay, and she starts losing it and starts like singing and dancing and saying a bunch of nonsense and then she's a question of faith it's it's so do you want me to spoil this for you i I don't go for it because the only way you can watch it is to pay for it it's only available on their website to pay for so and i I actually i I spent the money to buy the documentary because i love Mm -hmm. it so much norma starts going insane and starts like laughing and she's just got this chaotic no no not chaotic psychotic like wind to her as you know jesus is running through her and she's laughing and praising jesus and she takes her hand up to clap she's out oh no (laughs) she's out she loses the truck thanks to jesus jesus Jesus. you ruined it jesus took the wheel (laughs) 
Jesus. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Norma. Jesus. That was me. that was unintentionally the best use of that expression ever. I love I love when this shit just comes Jesus, out. Jesus take the wheel. Jesus took the no. So this, Jesus take the truck. This, so this sweet the dude she was up against Larry. He's just this like soft spoken but but like you know kind of kind of serious country boy and he's so mm-hmm. delirious at this point that when he wins he doesn't even like notice. He's just kind of like looking around and still just has his hands on the yeah. truck. And he's wearing gloves too, which is hilarious to me. He's wearing gloves like that. I don't know if that helps. Um but now, on a sad note, I'm going to try hard. I'm not going to laugh. This isn't funny. On the sad note, the Did contest the, the contest ended in 2005 after a contestant dropped out after 48 hours, like right before a break. And he was like, fuck it. And went across the street to Kmart, broke in, got a gun and shot himself. <laughs> oh, my God. So not funny, but I'm laughing because I'm a horrible goblin person. Um, but the uh, so the <laughs> so the so the contest is over. Thanks to a where's guy. the documentary on that guy? Uh, I don't know. Probably I don't know. And there was like a big lawsuit about it and everything. But like up until that point, I'm sure this is one of like the best things to witness in East Texas. Like you know, get some popcorn and get ready to sit for 81 hours as people don't do anything but slowly this, lose their mind and if you want to watch someone slowly like lots of people slowly lose their mind over the course of 77 hours watch hands on a hard body the documentary oh my god oh, it's just this sounds really good actually it like is. seriously want to see this now this totally reads like so there's this like on on the dollop which i've talked about that a few times the dollop which is like a hist- uh, american history podcast about like weird stuff there's been a couple, a few contests that are like, I'm like, I cannot believe there's not like a movie made about these. But like one of them was like, it's kind of like the characters you're talking about. And when they're, the way that mm-hmm. when he's reading them, how they're each very unique, weird human beings and stuff like that with different purposes and reason that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like one of them, one episode was about like this great, this uh, like back in like 1900 something, like super early days of flight with airplanes flying to Hawaii from California or something like that. Like to, I don't remember what the purpose was. And this other one that was like a car race in the early 1900s. Oh, interesting. From like New York City to Paris. Wait, a car race from New York City to Paris? Yes, before you ask, yes, they tried to go across the Bering Strait. Okay. It was an (laughs) apps, and this was back when roads didn't exist like anywhere, and they just had like people posting up like buckets of oil. Like. everywhere <laughs> like it was the most fucking insane thing i'm sorry i just I, that was a complete tangent but that reminded me of that because like the characters of the people who were doing this oh. race were like so fucking confident and stuff and they're like and by the end of it it was just like these people are gonna die like there's so they're many people like that's just and yet somebody actually made it like it's like two people it. two people made it like a week apart and it was just soul crushing when the other person thought that they won but they didn't Oh, so sad. All the way there. So anyways, uh, that was my quick tangent. Yeah, if you you want a taste of Texas, not just Texas, East Texas, which is a very specific Texas. (laughs) If you want a taste of East Texas in the mid-90s, 
going completely insane, watch Hands on a Hard Body. And Andy, if you actually want to watch it, since I paid for it, I'm happy to give you my login information so you can watch this. Because I'd, I'd just been, what, six bucks or something like that. But I was like, it's fucking worth it. This movie rules. I mean, especially because, like, man, I was I pulled up, I typed in Hands on a Hard Body and pulled up the Wikipedia. And there's mm-hmm. nothing. There's nothing. nothing except- That's why I was like, I have to watch it. Because I don't, I don't, like, I, I remember enough about the characters, but I couldn't give their names. And I couldn't, like, I kind of forgot about the crazy religious mm-hmm. woman until I watched it again. And I was just like, ugh. So, there. You you mentioned you you forgot to mention the most interesting part, which is that this movie was made into a musical that briefly appeared on Broadway and had that. three Tony Award nominations. Are you serious? I, I did see that written down, but I was like, I'm gonna have to circle back to this on my own time uh, <laughs> and uh, see if I can find footage of that. But it's hard just, enough to find footage of the documentary because it's kind of it's. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like if you love documentaries, you know, hands on a hard body. If you don't know that and you like documentaries. Now you know, and you need to go watch it. That's that's my thing. That is, God. The, the crazy thing is, this movie sounds better than both of the movies we're going to do for <laughs> it's a court way case. Be- yes, we have a court case of some of some like real F admittedly movies. fine, admittedly okay movies at the time. That on a rewatch, you're kind of like, uh, like, what's wrong with me that I thought this was a good movie? Ugh. So, anyway, anyways, let's take a break. Um, let's come back. Let's breathe. And dump into some garbage, some real hot garbage. Hot garbage for days. All right. We will see you all back after the break. Adios. Goodbye. Everybody, welcome back from the break. Oh, yeah. Bringing way too much energy than you were expecting. It's only 3 p.m. What's wrong with us? Better than me yawning like I always am whenever we record at night. I'm always like, okay, good night. See you next week. All right. Good night, boys. Um, I'm glad. (laughs) I like the parts of the show when we just like, hey, remember how like some episodes it'll be like, like Andy and Lisa kind of trying to act like responsible adults who put on a podcast and then other times we're just like no just sloppy sloppy joe show this is us yelling into the fucking void at the (laughs) top of our lungs we're just garden stating it right now garden stating it so hard right now and you all just happen to be at the bottom so let's do this hey gang hey gang we had some polls oh hey hey um, unfortunately, we did not have polls for our special bonus episode because it would be weird if we polled all of y'all that were not list, didn't listen to the show. I was going to ask though. I was going to ask if you wanted to, to open it up to the public or not. But I think if you just want to leave it to patrons, that's yeah. fine. I guess you'll never it. you'll never know who wins that court case. You don't get you'll to yeah. You don't know. You don't listen. You don't get to vote? Mm. Question mark. Mm. I don't know. Mm. However, last week's episode, Clarissa explains it all versus Alex Mack. Do, 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 do. Which I think everyone took as who's the better actress, uh, Larissa <laughs> Orlenic or uh, or Melissa Joan Hart. Which See, but not I a great say, not a great comparison. But I would say that Larissa Olehini here uh, yeah, is sure. the better actress because really? she kind of she kind of brought it in Ten Things I Hate About You. And like she was in that too. She was a little sister to Cat. Yeah. Huh. At least well, I think the actress. I think I think her name was Cat. I'm pretty sure it was Cat. Maybe. Anyways, I I'm not as familiar anyway. with that, but I do know that uh that yeah, like at least Melissa Joan Hart's the more well-known actress um for the most part. So, that is kind of how it shook out. Facebook uh with our I think here's the kind of the thing that I've noticed with this is that the people on Facebook are just like are all our age. Like for the most mm-hmm. part, most people that are voting on there are actually our age, like yeah. or within yeah, like 5 years, like like within 2 or 3 years on either side. 
And so, like, a lot more of them kind of have our same experience and everything of having sampled both. So Mm -hmm. Facebook found it 77% to 23%. Clarissa explains it all. Damn. Ouch. Twitter can tend to be a little bit younger, I think, which is why a lot of them are kind of like, hey, like, I I at least know at all what Alex Mack is because Clarissa didn't exist when I was alive. (laughs) That's Um, a good point. Um, and 67% Clarissa explains it all to 33% Alex Mack. So I, I might have buried the lead there. Lisa did still win both by a hefty margin. Um, but it has been just yeah. recently I've noticed the, the, the gaps between the two have been pretty sizable um, yeah. as far as that goes. So, yeah, um, so Lisa wins yeah. again. <laughs> Lisa there it wins is. again. Don't worry. I'm sure I'm sure it's coming. My my heyday is coming to an end. I was going to say, because we had that stretch where like you were just like having like homicide, like suicidal (laughs) thoughts about like (laughs) after the show, because you lost like like, five or six in a row. They hate Um, everything I have to say. They think my opinions are invalid. Oh, which no. may be true which i mean I that's be. fair you know if it's fair. fair discredit us it's okay we're we're, that's the worst. <laughs> we're not we're just we're just here to be discredited and, and treated poorly yeah so we decided this week here's the thing so we can't as as a show that is uh, doing a show about the 90s and more importantly a show that is going to be going on for more than the next like month okay and i think that's one thing i always want to explain this show has to continue and therefore we can't just come at you with all of the best things right off the bat. Like, we can't bring you Tommy Boy and uh, and Billy Madison right away. We can't bring you these things. We have yeah. to save them. We got to bring you surprises every once in a while. So we said we want Adam Sandler we want, and we want Chris Farley. So we are going to bring you some of the lesser films <laughs> by you know, them. Y- you don't get caviar every week, guys. Sometimes Mama's going to bake some fish sticks, all right? And this yeah. week we got some fish sticks. Yeah, these are totally, oh, my God, like fucking chicken tenders that are, like, homemade <laughs> just with some shitty chicken and, like, some some potato chips as the crust. Oh, yeah. man. Um, so potato chip. Hey, potato chip crust sounds pretty something? good. Eh? Yeah, we literally, that was actually a thing that we did in our family. We had, like, barbecue <gasps> chips, uh, like, normal chips, cruffled chips, uh, so sour you- cream and onion chips. Yeah, Andy, yeah. that's blowing my mind right yeah. now. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Anyways. Can I get... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's, yeah, let's not do this court case. Let's wait, talk wait. about this. But, I, but do you think anyone's <laughs> ever done Cheeto chicken? Uh, I, I, There's only one way to find out. I will say this. I can't Google they it because it'll break the internet. Here's the thing. The, the potato chips stick very closely to the shell of the chicken. Because yeah. Because they're, like... It'd be a it'd be a rough sell to keep the Cheetos attached with well, a very little surface egg, area. If you do the egg better, I mean, if you do like the egg with okay, listen, all right, that's enough. But like <laughs> no, Cheeto no. chicken, tell me Cheeto more chicken. about Cheeto no, chicken. But you gotta do, but you gotta, Dorito you gotta chicken up. for sure, though. Oh my gosh! Wait, like Cool Ranch? I would. Oh cool. my god! I, I would, Cool Ranch would be amazing. We're gonna have the next poll. Would you destroy the Cool Ranch chicken tenders? <laughs> would you? Would you I do? Would. Would you do okay? This is if you're a mini answering poll, no, mini you're poll. lying. Mini poll. If you're listening and you, and you hear this, you get to do a mini poll. Maybe we'll. I'll actually throw this one on Instagram. Um, flaming hot Cheetos chicken or Cool Ranch Doritos chicken. That's the thing is, if I'm telling you, this is the 100. percent I would take the 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 flaming hot Cheetos, uh, except. I don't think Cheetos can stick to that. Like, I'm just, I'm telling you, surface area issues. I think it will, but, I, but not only just surface area, but, like, it's so fluffy and, and like, corn-based yeah. that it might just, like, dissolve. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, but, that's true. But maybe not, maybe not the flaming Hot, though. Okay, listen, that's enough. But Let, like, Let's be really. real. Like, let's, like, I think, I think, I think 
like so these good. these movies deserve that in the same way as like like that and that person that like like tries to be relevant in conversations all the time but like like yeah. all of a sudden like somebody else says something and people completely ignore the thing the other guy said that's basically yeah. what these movies are is that guy <laughs> <laughs> is that guy so i like starting out just us just taking the massive dumps on these especially like that i love both of these movies at the time i and i think yours i kind of love like some hints mm-hmm. of but i also haven't seen it yesterday like i did this one and so i don't right. have the negative connotations <laughs> towards it like i do <laughs> so lisa um we kind of decided to mix it up um i started with my first thing and then lisa's going to start with the first court case so, so our kick it over to you yeah court cases are water boy versus what is it beverly hills ninja is beverly that right hills ninjas. beverly hills ninja okay so i'm gonna go first i forgot to do it it's all good we did it though you got it in at the 11th hour um the water boy I really liked The Water Boy growing up and rewatching it yesterday. I still do because I my brain is is mostly just like pop rocks just exploding at all times. That's what my brain is. Um like pop rocks and like petty behavior. That's my brain. Um, and so petty behavior. So, uh of course I love The Water Boy because I'm I'm a special lady. So uh released in 1998, this was a sports comedy film which like initially I would be like that doesn't sound like anything i would like but i fucking loved it because check out this cast adam sandler as bobby boucher boom kathy bates as mama boucher good yes boom i hope i'm saying her name right for feruza balk as vicky valancourt aka bobby's not girlfriend per se but like (laughs) vicky valancourt um henry winkler as coach klein the fonz and then he fu- Adam Sandler has the biggest boner for Henry Winkler because he just puts him in like everything. Like randomly. Well, who wouldn't? I put him in everything. Hell I put yeah. him in my my flaming hot Cheetos chicken. I put him in there. Um, oh my god! So I would cannibalism. Would be, uh, you know, you do. You he had man. a good run. He had a good run. So if you remember any of the Adam Sandler movies, he also had like his regular cast of characters. And I don't, I don't know everyone's names. I could look up the IMDb. I'm not going to, you would recognize all their faces. And so it was all his favorite guys all over again. And it's just the best shit in the universe. So the whole gist of the movie is that Bobby Boucher is a like stuttering, socially inept 31 year old man who I guess we should say boy, but he's the water boy Mm -hmm. of the university of Louisiana football team. And he has been. Yeah. No mud dogs are later. Oh, okay. Never mind. The Mud Dogs are the team he goes to. Never yeah. mind. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Because I, I think I thought the same thing. Um, his He is just like wildly neurotic about providing water and like many variations of water to them. He just wants to make sure that they all have high quality H2O. Um, and so... Your impression football, is so spot on. That was it. That's high quality H2O. That's really bad. Oh my God. I'm it's, sorry. Like, it's like Adam Sandler having a stroke. So. It is. Yeah. If, if Adam Sandler were also a four-year-old boy, um, it's really bad. All right. Go I, ahead. I, it's bad. So... The football team constantly makes fun of Bobby and the coach decides to fire him after he's constantly just saying like he's just disrupting the team because they can't stop making fun of him and bullying him. So he's like, 18 years, this boy has been making my team, you know, bullshit. And of course, this is Louisiana, right? So everyone's got the like Louisiana accent. It's hilarious. He's like, you're fired. And so at 31, he goes home to where he's living with his mother and tells her that she's been fired and or he's been fired. 
she coddles him because she's this super, you know, this is Kathy Bates' character. Mm-hmm. She's extremely religious and she's very like overprotective of her son. And so she's just like, oh, come here, Bobby Boucher. And like, you know, things like this. And then, of course, if you remember, her whole steez is like such and such is the devil. Foosball's the devil. Women are the devil. Football is the devil. And Foosball. Foosball. Yeah. And I believe that. Foosball is the devil. She's right. <laughs> um, and Bobby believes that his father died of dehydration um, in the Peace Corps back in the late 60s because that's what mama told him. Um, so Bobby, after being fired, kind of pulls himself together, puts on a, a beautiful blue 70s suit, holsters up some high-quality H2O into a little holster, and then goes over to... Um, to apply a job as the water boy, apply for a job as the water boy for the South Central Louisiana State Mud Dogs. Hell yeah. Where the Fonz is the coach and the cheerleaders are drinking out of bottles of liquor and smoking cigarettes in the bleachers. Hell yeah. I was like, this team rules. These cheerleaders don't give a single fuck. So the new team immediately starts bullying Bobby because that's what you do. Um, but Coach Klein is like, you can't let him, like, you can't take this like stick up for yourself so bobby looks at the uh, the quarterback who's making fun of him and just runs and tackles the ever-living shit out of him and that's whenever coach klein is like i think you should be on the team and so knowing that his mom thinks foosball is the devil he doesn't tell her so he starts secretly playing for the mud dogs um using all of his weird like crazy anger yes. <laughs> to, to actually be good at what he does so he also starts taking classes at the college where we all as an audience collectively learn about the medulla oblongata yes. from professor colonel sanders and and uh, while we're talking about I quotes from this movie teeth and no toothbrush <laughs> mama said alligators are so ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush to clean them so good yes. and then he t- fucking tackles colonel sanders um and from this movie we also get the quote just before i forget because i love this quote you get the you can do it like mm. the best um that was the character i can never remember this rob actor's schneider name, he, thank you thank and you and then he would thank cons- you and you go on to say that same line in every fucking movie adam sandler was ever in ever again there it is thank you just- yeah i guess he did didn't he it was, and it was always just so. I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I would. No, it's fine. It's fine. We we should always talk about this. So so the long and short of it is that per any movie from the 90s, you have to have like the fun start, the, the fun stuff at the beginning, some a whole bunch of nonsense in the middle, and then you have to throw in a little kink in there just so that there you know has to be some kind of like hero saves the day shit. So turns out that Bobby Boucher was homeschooled and had an accidental fake transcript. And actually wasn't eligible to play football. Um, So he starts studying to pass his GED and so he can keep playing. Um, And then he's, you know, talking to his mama about everything. And she's, you know, finding out that he's playing football and she's panicking and she's all upset and mad. And Vicky Valancourt's like coming on to Bobby all the time and showing him, you know, her lady bits up top. And and she's in like... (laughs) Bobby at one point says, well, I like school and I like football and I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. And I like Vicky and she likes me back and she showed me her boobies and I like them too. Show me her boobies. She showed me her boobies and I like them too. So Bobby in his like standing up to his mama thing, she's like, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to have, I'm going to put myself in the hospital. I'm going to pretend I'm, you know, super uh, sick. So she yeah. was like, is heartbroken or whatever. And he... And, you know, la, 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 she fakes it. And then after a while, you know, she finds out, like, 
does the encouraging mom thing. Is like, you can do it, Bobby. And sure enough, he goes and helps them win the championship. And then she realizes that Vicky Valancourt's not the devil. And they end up getting married. And then as he's like pulling away from marrying Feruza Balk's character, Vicky Valancourt, his dad, who is not dead not from dead. dehydration, comes up out of his car. It is doing the whole like Bobby Boucher routine. And then his mama tackles him. Yes. And that's the end. That's the end of the movie. But like, I wanted to pose a theory yes. to the audience. I don't believe Kathy Bates was ever younger than 40 years old. I have never. That is such a good point because I don't. I think she's eternal, but yeah. like eternal yeah. at kind of like a weird age, like where she just is always between 40 and 55 years old, like. Permanently. Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, yeah. I would say she just kind of floats. She's been 40 to 60 her entire life. And that's fine. And she's rocking it. Like for someone who's 117 years old, she looks amazing. <laughs> so she's just, she's just, I just don't think Kathy Bates was ever younger than 40. Like it really dawned on me while watching this movie last night. I mean, she, I'm, I'm 34. There's a, obviously she's older than me. There's a good chance that maybe she was some hot piece before I have ever Googled her. But like, I just think she's always been 40 and she probably will she'll die and she will they will say aged like December 11th 1955 to December 11th 1956 like she just she was just and even in that one year time period she was only, she was 40 years old. Can I can I say something? I always I am I am so Flabberg. Okay, I misread that. Jesus. Okay, it what? said years. It said years active. I didn't see that that was not born because I was like, it said 1963 to present, and I'm like, that could not be when she was born because that would make her like 34 when this movie came out. Um, but no, she was born in 1948, so she's 71 right now. And yeah, the no, most recent not. thing I've seen of her recently, she looks identical to how she looked back in like Carrie and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. And in high school, in high school they or no, in like middle school, they probably just she wasn't even in school. They maybe just made her the lunch lady cuz she probably looked to be she a 40 something. Immediately was lunch the lunch lady. lady. They're like They were like what this are you, is your job. Grade? She's like I'm Kathy Bates. I'm 41 and I'm in the 7th grade and I'm going to go on to become an amazing actress. I love you Kathy like, Bates. I'm not dogging on you. No, not this at is, all. You just like you I mean even at 71 you look 40 like you're fine. You're doing great. I love you Kathy Bates. She's god. Yeah, like cuz she was in She's been in a good amount of stuff here recently, but yeah, I remember uh, like she was in all the American Horror Stories and stuff like that too. And, was she really? And oh, the Office and some other things, but um. Oh yeah, oh yeah, as uh, Joe, Joe Bennett or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. I just I this is I googled it and I was like, oh yeah, she was in those things. Um, but yeah, I remember American right. Horror Story for sure. But um, so that being said, now I have to cover my thing. <laughs> which which you hilariously were messaging me and like. I said not like, into it. I here's the thing. I've yeah, I've been like messaging Lisa about like, man, this movie's not nearly as good as I thought. Like I will say this. The movie's second half of the movie was far better than the beginning because at the beginning I'm like, I am embarrassed that even as a child that I enjoyed this film. <laughs> um but like it's basically they were like they posited the question like, what if we took all of the the less talent requiring things from <laughs> Tommy Boy and Black Sheep got rid of all of the things that required any skill like acting or anything like that any actual yeah. talented acting and this is the thing Chris Farley and that's the reason I'm like I'm pitting 
I would say, and okay, of the four movies that he started, and I will say this, he starred in four movies. He was in a lot of movies that he also like was a side character, or even a decent character. The four movies he starred in was Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja, and as I mentioned to Lisa before the show, um, uh, Almost Heroes, which I love that movie despite the fact that it got an even worse Rotten Tomatoes rating than this one did. Oof. Yeah. Um, which is saying a lot because this one got, a, I think, a, an 11 percent. 11? Yeah. Oh, and, no. And um, somehow Beverly Hills and somehow Almost Heroes got a 8 percent. Oh, my Unf- gosh. Unfathomable. Uh, but, yeah, and, and most people are not as familiar with uh, Beverly with the other one because it came out literally six months after Chris Farley was dead. So, Damn, dude. Um, so, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Beverly Hills Ninja. So... Um, so after the first two movies, which I said were slam, slam, bam hits, which were Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, which also some people might be like, aren't these the exact same movie? And largely they were like, just with like a, <laughs> like a different setup and premise is like, Hey, what, what backup, what background premise can we have to have Chris Farley and David Spade in the same movie? Um, and so they came up with that. And, and I think it was this movie that kind of revealed to me, like, how important a David Spade was to Chris Farley, at least in mm-hmm. the realm of movies. Um, so first off, the first thing I noticed when I watched this movie again was, oh, my God, I forgot how much weight he gained between, like, Tommy Boy and this. Because Tommy Boy, like, he was a st- he's always been a sturdy guy. But, mm-hmm. like, near the end, like, he was, like, he's, like, five foot eight, which is sup- shocking to me. Oh, that's and he very had small. he had to weigh a tray, and a tray, in case you're wondering, is is three hundred. Like he is, he is. Wait, 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 is this a technical term? Is no. a tray like a, no, oh, no? Oh. It was actually, I think, a term that like a couple of my friends made up as a joke like forever ago, like in high school. Um, <laughs> but he had okay. to weigh like a tray because he is just so oh, rotund. A tray for like three. Yeah, tray, three. Tray. Um. So, um. So, <laughs> the premise of this movie, just to go over that real quick, is. Basically, years ago, um, there's an, it starts in Japan. They're talking about the, the, the legend of um, that one day um, the ninjas would uh, discover their greatest warrior, the white ninja, which would be found that would come across the seas and be discovered, and he would become the greatest ninja warrior ever. And so okay. they show the beginning. They find, like, these ninjas are out. The sensei, who's, like, one of the main guys, um, and his ninjas, they find this chest that had washed up on the shore and they open it up and there's this kid inside that I guess had washed up from shipwreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately they cut to like early training days. Um, and they said, he said, but we were wrong. And, and it was, <laughs> and it was Chris Farley as a kid, like, like, you know, doing training stuff with sticks and everything like that with these other ninjas. And of course he's terrible. He's already, ob- he's already obese at that age. And he's like hitting people with his stick on ac- accident and stuff. And so like, whole beginning of the movie is just this long montage of, of Chris Farley, a.k.a. Haru, which is the name of his character. Haru, um, just fucking up over and over again. Um, including hurting uh, his big brother, Gobei, who is played by uh, who, the guy who played uh, Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat movies. Um, he did other stuff too, but that's like the one thing I remember him by the most because I actually watched the Mortal Kombat movie. And yeah. that's what stuck out to me was, I guess, just before this movie, he did those um, the first Mortal Kombat film, which, of course, was an absolute blockbuster hit. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the movie. Um, so he uh, he got into this one. And so it's kind of like showing like him, you know, trying his best, but just absolutely fucking up so bad. There's one part where he's like, like he shows his brother like, like 
and then he like ho- has to hold his forearms underneath this scolding hot like thing and get these two metal like these two uh, symbols emblazoned into his hand and he has to hold up this big pot of boiling water and there's a bunch of people just sitting around on the ground <laughs> like in front of them and so it's kind of high stakes and so he does it like perfectly and lifts it up and then Chris Farley walks up he's like good and then puts his hands on it and like in two seconds immediately just fucking a whole thing spills over hot water over but <laughs> so that's kind of that whole montage um so every then they show the graduating class of ninja hood because that's how ninjas work. Um, of course, everybody becomes a ninja, including his big brother, who becomes the like number one s- star pupil. Um, do you and think? Do you think they're community college ninjas? Yeah, they got a they got a tech school for for ninjas. <laughs> they got like I'm a ninja. I made it out of the ninja tech school. Like I didn't get my didn't work all the way up to the bachelor's. Um, but, but yeah, everybody becomes a ninja except for Haru because he's literally a solid 5'8", 300-pound uh, dude. So um, so everybody else goes on a ninja mission? A ninja Question mission? Mark? Question mark? Apparently that's how ninjas work. Like, oh, we're going on a mission. <laughs> Bye. So he had to, Haru had to stay back and defend the dojo. While he's there, um, a uh, beautiful woman from uh, who's American comes in and is speaking English because everyone's speaking English this entire fucking movie, even though they're in Japan because – Fuck it. Who cares? Um, right. So Sally Jones uh, basically says, hey, I need a ninja um, who can trace this person. And Chris Farley clearly wants to bone this woman. So he's like, well, yeah, of course. I'm great. Like, he's trying to, like, show off and everything. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, anyways, I won't go over everything because this movie's long and I don't want to go over everything. But <laughs> so he goes to check out the situation. Martin Tanley, who is the bad guy, um, who is getting plates to make counterfeit $10,000 yen bills. Um, $10,000 yen. Wow. 10,000 yen bills. <laughs> um, so in the meantime, he ends up killing a guy um, at the scene um, who falls over a dock and into a boat that Chris Farley is in at the time. Whoops. Um, and this would Oops. be a recurring theme, which is I think at least three times somebody gets killed and then Haru, Chris Farley is there and everybody's like, hey, you stop. And so he just keeps getting <laughs> pinned for murder. There's never any consequences to this, but he just keeps getting in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, so he tells the sensei afterwards about what happened and everything. And um, and since and he says, I got to go to America, um, to the hills of Beverly, um, because he finds this Beverly Hills like matchbook uh, that she gave him. And so he ends up going to Beverly Hills and the sensei sends Gobei, his older brother, to secretly follow him, help him without his knowing. Um, I will skip over some of the hijinks that happen. Chris Rock is in this too, um, which is super random because, like, I, I read on the like IMDb like uh, trivia page that like Chris Farley insisted he said he wouldn't do the movie unless Chris Walk- Rock was in it too, and it's pretty obvious they had no interest in being in it because like his character was fine. Like he was, he played Joey, who was like this hotel employee that okay. Haru continuous. They have this like back every once in a while they show him chasing this chicken because he told him like the easiest way to to, the first step in learning how to take someone's head off is to kill a chicken okay yeah so so they just occasionally have chris rock in there but he his part was so small it's very obvious that they just kind of like we're like all right fine we'll give him in there um do you think was was chris rock getting started at that time when this came out like do you think that was Um, like a a bone for chris rock or do you think it was pretty new but i I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's that. I don't think he was particularly new. Um, but I don't. Okay. I don't maybe he had more stuff later. But hmm. yeah, ninety-seven. It'd be hard to say. I don't know enough about. Yeah, his I don't really know either. Yeah. Um. So a bunch of stuff ensues back and forth. Plot stuff. You know that we won't go over. Um. Then there's the the kind of the final scene. Um. Where uh, Haru 
and his brother Gobei um, have broken into this place where um, they're they have the plates. They're going to make these dollar bills and everything like that, and they're um, going to kill Allison because they, Allison, who is uh, Sally Jones, the the main mm, female okay. character. Um, who is like trapped in a room with a bomb. I will say there's a, some insane continuity problems with this bomb because it's like on a 12 minute <laughs> timer. And just every time they go back, it's like two seconds have passed. And I'm like, there is no fucking way like that. Everything you just showed <laughs> happened in two seconds. Um, Can but, you imagine uh, that the, the movie industry would lie about I something can't like imagine. It's the thing. This whole movie, like, like they had a decent budget, but like it feels like they made this with like fifty dollars because like there's so many things where I'm like that was poorly done. They had a budget of eighteen million dollars, and I'm like they probably paid that like ninety percent of that to the actors, like because yeah. like they just did not like having that many people in that was already enough. But um, so basically, it's you know they there's the this this one fighting sequence which was actually pretty dope. I like this part where um, Chris Farley is. Uh, you know, they'd been fighting together and his brother was saving him as usual, you know. And then there's like he's going to help Sally, um, Sally Jones or Allison. Um, mm-hmm. She has a fake name. That's the reason I keep saying that. Oh, okay. um, so he then finds sees that it hurts that his brother's like getting a shit kicked out of him. So he then just bef- just as his brother's about to get fucked up, he like swan dives and knocks this guy over who's about to kill his brother with an axe. And then he's like, I may not be one with the universe. I may not be a real ninja. But I am, I, I will say this, nobody messes with my brother. And then it's just like this, uh, yeah, like this whole sequence of him just doing this insane ninja shit, like nonstop of just fucking wrecking fools, um, which it was super awesome. But then there's like some parts that are like so cartoony. They show him like getting a, like a, a throwing star thrown at him and he does like this jumping splits thing. And I'm like, it is the worst, like I, what I could even call CGI, if at all. I don't know what it would be, but he basically it's clearly not really him doing that um anyways they end up saving they uh use a thing to save sally from being blown up by a bomb um the yay the good guys won um the guy gets arrested they go back to japan haru has decided he's going to live with allison in beverly hills where they don't have so many great ninjas um they live happily ever after except he's driving off in his grappling hook um, again, is attached to Gobei's wheelchair, and Gobei ends up getting pulled behind the car in hilarity. Because that's kind of a, a running theme: is Chris Farley's character does things that keep fucking up his older brother, like on accident, right. over and over again. Um, I did want to say the one, the, the the one thing that I think is my favorite part of this whole movie. Um, clearly, it was just like Chris Farley's like, I need a way to be fit into this movie so I can play this fake character. Um, which was there is this character called Chet Walters. Inks, who was an ink specialist, who was supposed to be the guy who's going to help them make the actual counterfeit bills. Okay. And he, at some point, knocks out um, the actual Chet Walters and then is playing him over and over again. And it's fucking amazing. It's the best part of the movie is that his, his impression of Chet Walters, who was played by Will Sasso, who I believe was also on. Uh, oh, Will Sasso. Yeah, Will Sasso was also on uh, Saturday Night Live as well. Um, no, no, no. He was Matt TV. He was, okay. So he was yeah. on Mad TV, that show I watched so much. I loved the shit out of Mad TV. Yeah, I didn't really ish. watch that much. I, I loved the ish out of Mad TV. The ish. So here's a few things I'm going to talk about for this one. Okay. So um, first off, um, just so everybody knows, this movie came out in January of 1997. Chris Farley died in December, December 18th, 1997. Just for oh, those of you who remember. Oh, that's so sad. I didn't realize Rip. it was that close. Yeah. 
Um, and so, like I said, then Almost Heroes came out in like May of 1998, which was super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I saw this movie in theaters the first time with my friend Tim. And I had another friend, Tim, uh, besides the one I think we've talked about who's a patron. But I remember we went to this movie theater um, and we it was the weirdest thing ever. Like just the entire movie, like th- somebody in the audience was just being like, Moo Moo! Moo Moo! <laughs> At, at Chris at Farley? Because Farley, like, mm-hmm. he's so big, I guess. I don't know. It was just That's some wack. guy just kept saying, moo moo. And I'm like, all right. So um, okay. that was just a weird memory that I have of watching that movie. So um, fun trivia on this film. There was very little, but I the ones that I did find were pretty interesting. So a couple of them are along the same vein. According to Bernie Brillstein, who I don't know who that is, um, Chris Farley was so disappointed in this movie that he cried on Brillstein's shoulder after the first screening. Oh, what? That's the yes. saddest thing. I know. According to oh. an A&E biography, Chris Farley hated this movie upon seeing it for the first time and told his agent that he never wanted to do such a movie again. Farley's what? stance was justified as it arguably attributed to the exploitation of his manic physical humor by dumbing it down and playing it out to an almost tiring and foolish degree. Like, that's kind of what I'm saying Aww. is like... It was like, Bummer. hey, what's the... Like I mentioned about like what's the part about Tommy Boy and black sheep that's the laziest we'll do that a bunch um chris farley was injured on set because he insisted upon doing his own stunts oh my gosh um so he did this one thing where like uh allison he's like count to nine and when you turn around i'll be gone and there's a scene in the dojo where he goes and just dives out of one of the, the walls and apparently he dove out this wall um and one of the studs apparently did not break and so it just freaking just hit him real hard Best thing ever. So this movie, think about what we've discussed this whole movie. Christian Bale. That's right. Why are we talking about Christian Bale, you ask? When asked what his favorite movie was, said Beverly Hills Ninja was his favorite movie. And he says he watches it all the way through every time it's on TV. Oh my gosh! You know, some people like I have a I have a friend of mine whose favorite movie is Swear to Me, a, um, a very goofy movie. Like it's her favorite. Sure, movie. no, that's and, a but, that's a baller. I've movie. never I've never actually seen it, but like sometimes shit will just surprise you. You'll be like, "This yeah. is my favorite thing in the universe." Like, but, like the goofy yeah. movie and stuff. I'm just thinking, like Christian Bale, this very serious actor who is just like so well renowned and everything like that. Is like, give me some fucking like not even his other works, but just this movie, Chris mm-hmm. Farley. I love. I love it whenever he jumps through those walls. I'm just thinking of Christian Bale Batman. Sorry, I know he's done other yeah. stuff, but um, I was thinking, wasn't he the one in the Machinist where he got like this big? What? So small. Wasn't he in the Machinist? Am I the I thinking of the right know. person? No, you might. I don't know, but I know he's also an American Psycho, which was also that a very was, good one. Yeah, that was '90s yeah. too, I think, wasn't it? No, maybe it was early I, 2000s. I don't remember. Okay. I never anyway. saw that one. I don't think I can. Okay, I think it was '90s, but yeah. um, well, we'll have to find out. And then do a fucking court case on it. Nope. It is a 2000 2000 flick. So we've got that for Y2 Court. Anyways. um, So anyways, that's the end of my Beverly Hills Ninja court case. I hope you liked it. Bye. Love you. (laughs) Okay, bye. Let's see the show. Bye. Okay, bye. No. Um, Well, vote online, guys. Tell us which one of these full-ass diapers did you like better. (laughs) If you're in favor of movies starring such hits as a plot that makes sense, (laughs) <laughs> a um some interesting like dialogue and forming of relationships amongst the characters 
Yeah, character Fine. development. Go ahead and vote yeah. for Lisa's. If you're in favor of <laughs> fat men falling down and, and hitting people repeatedly and just comical impressions and things like that, then then vote for me. All right? Vote for me. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. So I did want to do a quick shout out to a couple of our patrons and then I'll hey, kick, kick it over patrons. to you for our where to find us. Yeah. Um, quick shout out. The illustrious bailiff, Preston Headley. A man who once killed a grizzly equipped with nothing but Rugrats trivia as he watched the, the bear's brain explode um, after his many, many amazing facts were dished out. And of uh-huh. course, our, our most radiant bailiff, Afton Kennedy, who holds a spot in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most 90s trivia night victories with 739 wins in seven states. Um, good job. You did a good... <laughs> Just like you just, done good, girl. She's like I. It's like got to a certain point. She's like I guess I'll keep going on those on those trivia nights. I got to travel around to find them, but she found them. So damn. Um, so thank you guys. You all are both rad. We we love you guys, and um, and of course we'll continue to give out shout outs to our other patrons in future episodes. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, that's a wrap on episode twenty two. So. In the meantime, if you want to engage with us on the social media, mm-hmm. we are on Facebook and Twitter at 90s Court, Instagram mm-hmm. at 90s.court, mm-hmm. and of course, support the show if you'd like to do so, and then also get access to Y2 Court by going to patreon.com slash 90s Court. 90s Court. 90s Court. You gotta get that good white. T- you got. He's whispering at me the things I'm supposed to say. But no, I'm just saying. Good- I'm just trying to subliminal <laughs> message people. It, it's working because I'm like I'm panicking. I'm low key panicking and also supporting our own show. Um. So yeah, you got to get that Y2K goodness. Um. We're gonna have to. I also would like to propose that anytime we talk about something that happened in the year 2000, that we have to do the Conan O'Brien like in the year, year 2000. Yeah, we have to do it. So um, in the meantime, please rate slash subscribe slash review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher if Yay. you are smart enough to do so. And then also <laughs> follow us uh, anywhere that you listen to other podcasts. So we're, we're in all them places and we have lots more content coming for you. So I love this pre- running thread that like our opinion is that if you know how to leave ratings on Stitcher, you are the smartest people on the fucking universe. Like, you, yeah, you like could, that's you like the gold standard of intelligence is yeah. leaving reviews on Stitcher. What was your ACT score? I don't care. Can you leave review on Stitcher? You're the president now. I got a 20, I got a, I got a 19, but I fucking left seven reviews on Stitcher. So that's why, that's why I work in chemical engineering now. So it's true. So thank you guys. This was a wonderful, fun time. Love you all. So we love you all so much. much. Even if you're not a supporter of the show, we love you. So well, we okay. Love- I mean, they're listening to the show. I would say they're supporting us by listening. So thank yeah. you guys. Well, I'm, I'm saying, listening. yeah, even if you're not on the Patreon, I mean, yeah, we love you yeah. regardless. If you're listening yeah. to the show, we love you so much. And we are Hugs. so thankful for any listen. So, um, hug around the world. That's true. So, we will be back next week for episode 23, and we will catch you then. Stay radical, you all. Uh, adios, everybody. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.